Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Wednesday edition of the program. We've made it to Wednesday, February 1st. We are in really the final month, basically, of the regular season of college basketball. And last night, Indiana took an L on the road. Really not that surprised. Maryland 66, Indiana 55, the final score. I guess the more surprising thing was how a few players specifically played, one being Jalen hood Shafino, after just some unbelievable play from him the last number of games, including an outstanding performance on Saturday when he was sick and couldn't even meet with the media after the game. Uh, he really struggled, especially shooting the basketball last night at Maryland. And uh, that was the main reason, a big reason, that Indiana dropped the game. And uh, again, the loss last night snaps a... Five-game winning streak for the Hoosiers, ultimately not that big a deal. Ultimately, you move on. The only tough thing for Indiana is the bounce-back game after the Maryland road loss happens to be the number one team in the country and huge rival Purdue coming up on Saturday afternoon. So I think that game's going to be great. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think if Indiana plays like they did last night, it's possible that they get blown away on their home floor. However, I don't think that'll happen. I do think it'll be a very close competitive game on Saturday when the Boilermakers come to town. But we'll break down things from last night. Uh, Jalen hood wasn't the only negative mark last night. And again, you can't expect these guys to come out every game and play exactly the same. Although Trace Jackson Davis with his 43rd career double-double last night, 18 points and 20 rebounds. In 30 minutes of play, he played all but two minutes in the game last night. He continues to do what he does every night. There's been really no change in him. Even an off game for him seems to be a a double-double, just maybe not as many points and not as many rebounds as last night. But another great effort from him, uh, and Indiana uh, falls, though, on the road. Really, uh, outside of uh, Trace uh, with 18 points, next in line, you drop down to Race Thompson with 11 and, uh, of course, then Miller Cop with seven, a number of players with six, Galloway, Renew, all had six points last night. So the scoring definitely looked a little different last night than what it has in some of the previous games. But uh, Indiana Falls to Maryland to snap a five-game win streak. And I, I was looking, I'll try to pull them up here in a bit, <clears throat> but I was looking at the standings for the Big Ten Conference last night. And once you get past, basically, Purdue at the top, there are a ton of teams uh, with the same record or a same win total as Indiana in conference play. Maryland is one of those teams now with the victory. And so it really does, for fans of Big Ten teams, it sets up a 
very interesting race here in this final month or so uh, of the regular season. But uh, definitely last night, Indiana left some things to be desired <clears throat> Excuse me, on the court at Maryland, and uh, we'll break it down for you here on this Wednesday edition of the program. Let's take a look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, more on last night's game. We'll tell you some of the takeaways from last night and set the tone for the rest of the show. Also, uh, here in our headlines, we'll look at some of the girls' sectional action from last night. There were a handful of games that were played and a handful of games that were postponed last night uh, because of ice and weather, especially from earlier in the morning. And so we'll set that table for you as well. And a few other things coming up here in our opening segment. Later in the hour, we'll be joined by Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star. We'll break down the loss last night for the Hoosiers. And never too early to start looking ahead at what's next when Indiana and Purdue hook up on Saturday. So that and more coming up with Dustin. And then our final segment today with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. We'll look at high school basketball, girls sectionals, Thursday night, tomorrow night, a big night of boys games across the area because of the girls taking center stage on Friday and Saturday evenings and also some Saturday afternoon boys games. So Josh will be with us to help break everything down uh, from a high school perspective and a local perspective. So stay with us for that later in the show as well. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, <clears throat> excuse me, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Let's get into our uh, reminder, first off, about the Thornton's text line. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Right now, you can get a free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant, or a steak and egg burrito, and any fountain drink, tea, or fizz freeze, or 20-ounce bottled soda when you become a new Refreshing Rewards member. Simply download the app and register today for Refreshing Rewards to earn your free breakfast on Thornton's and let's get into some of the headlines from last night's game again number one takeaway it's never good when your top takeaway is a negative but Jalen hood Shafino struggled shooting the ball from the field last night and he also struggled with turnovers as well maybe the worst game of his career so far at Indiana he was one for 14 from the field he had four turnovers he scored just three points. He played 34 minutes last night. The one bright spot in his stat line, he did have four assists, but definitely not what you expect, not what Indiana fans have been really spoiled to expect from this big-time freshman here at this point of the season. Definitely his, uh, I think for sure, his worst output across the board uh, all season long as an Indiana Hoosier. Uh, last night, Xavier Johnson, I think, could have really helped in that game as well as far as controlling the basketball and also from a defensive perspective as well. Uh, just another little sidebar note there. But Jalen hood Shafino, boy, he really struggled last night from the tip-off really until the close of the game. And there was a possession late when Indiana had got it kind of surprisingly back down. I think it was to five points. And hood Shafino just had a brick that would have made all the difference in the world uh, possibly in that game late had it went in. But his shooting whether it was early or late, key moments or not, he was just off last night, uh, that is for sure. 
Also, I, I thought that uh, Tamar Bates, you know, you're looking for some consistency from him, and uh, he has struggled this season to give you the consistency that you might expect from him or hope from him as a guy coming into Indiana with such a great resume and a five-star prospect out of high school. As good as he's looked occasionally, it's almost like the very next game he doesn't look like the same player. And I think for Indiana to make noise in the Big Ten tournament, to maybe even make a push here to climb the standings, there's such a log jam a bit. It's going to take another player uh, with consistent output, consistent scoring, consistent defense, and I think Tamar Bates can be that guy. You've got Trace Jackson Davis. You've got Jalen Huchifino, really, except other than last night. Tamar Bates and a few others could step in there in those other roles to help add to the list of guys that are contributing on a regular basis. Also, last night um, for Indiana, uh, a number of things that you could you could take out. Maryland outscored Indiana 15 points at the free throw line, and we heard from Mike Woodson about that in the postgame coverage. And also, a real lack of three-point shots for Indiana after shooting it pretty well or really well against Ohio State on Saturday, Indiana attempted just 11 three-pointers. Galloway was two of two for the Hoosiers. Miller Cop just one of four. But Indiana really has been shooting it well and has been getting a number of three-pointers up there. And last night, a little different in that category as well. So uh, really, I think you could sum it up as this. Very inconsistent guard play last night. Very inconsistent guard play. Uh, very lackluster guard play in many ways last night. That is the number one reason in my book that Indiana fell on the road to Maryland. Also, Jordan Geronimo, uh, he missed his uh, second straight game last night with a lower leg injury is how it's being described. He was not in uniform during the pregame warmups. He was spotted on the sideline uh, at Maryland wearing a walking boot on his left foot. And uh, again, it's an injury to his left leg is all that we're being told by Indiana uh, Geronimo, 5.6 points a game, average 3.2 rebounds. He's been playing just over 15 minutes per contest or averaging 15 minutes per contest. But uh, he's another one of those candidates, probably a little bit back behind Tamar Bates, that you wonder, is he turning the corner? Could he add some consistency to this team? He's so athletic from a defensive standpoint. Can he help out in the grueling Big Ten Conference? And then after some intriguing moments, we'll say, uh, he's out now for at least a few games with a leg injury with no real understanding on how serious it is or when he could come back. But, uh, of course, Geronimo being out did open up an opportunity for freshman Caleb Banks against Ohio State on Saturday, and that was good to see him get some minutes and play well uh, again in a big Big Ten game. Also last night, this is really not a factor at all, but it, I guess it is worth noting, uh, but sophomore center Logan Duncombe, he remains out with a non-COVID illness is how it has been described as well. Also, Xavier Johnson, he, he was with the team in Maryland, uh, was, according to multiple reports, doing some light shooting before the game without a walking boot. And if you remember, yesterday on the show, we mentioned that he tweeted something out recently, and I don't have it up in front of me, that he you know, expected to return soon. So uh, is soon a couple weeks from now. Obviously, it wasn't last night but we'll see when Xavier Johnson makes the return to the lineup uh, for the Hoosiers, that is for sure. Girls sectional action last night. The Bedford sectional, just one game scheduled for last night, and it was a big one, Bedford and Jennings County. It was postponed yesterday evening because of uh, weather in the area, and that was 
and it's going to be played tonight. That's, I think, without question, going to be the game of the sectional. Uh, many, many people feel that way, at least. Uh, Bedford and Jennings County, both uh, really quality ball clubs. And uh, Bedford, obviously, the big favorite to win their 12th straight if they can get it done this week at Bedford on their home court. Uh, and looking at other sectionals last night, the Providence girls team, they were able to beat Eastern 56-39. That was the first round game at the 2A sectional up at Austin. Uh, they got down early and had to rally. It was Eastern with a 13-3 advantage over Providence in the first period. But after that, Providence able to get it going in quarter number two and win the final three quarters, including outpacing Eastern Pekin 21-10 in the final frame to win 56-39. Providence now 15-8 and on the season. Uh, just to look at some other things last night, that was the only game up at Austin, the Borden sectional in Class 1A. It was postponed. It's been bumped to Wednesday night, Friday night, and Saturday night as well. I mentioned already that the Bedford-North Lawrence 4A sectional, which again, don't forget this year, that includes uh, Floyd Central and Silver Creek, New Albany and Jeffersonville, all in that same sectional with Silver Creek being bumped up due to the success factor. But things will get underway tonight with Jennings County and Bedford. And then on Thursday, Floyd, Silver Creek and New Albany, Seymour, Jeff got a bye. They'll take on the winner of the Jennings County Bedford contest tonight. And then, of course, the winners of Floyd, Silver Creek, and uh, New Albany and Seymour will play in game two. Uh, up at the uh, Class A Rising Sun sectional, uh, Trinity Lutheran beat Shaw Memorial 51 38 last night. Also, Rising Sun, an easy winner over Medora 62 19. And I mention those scores because. New Washington, they got the winner of that Rising Sun Medora game, so the Mustangs will play Rising Sun. Both of those teams 11 and 11 on the season at even 500 as they get ready for a Friday night semifinal game. But that's a look across the area at some high school girls' action from last night. A couple sectionals shelved or pushed back to at least a night because of weather, and others were able to find a way to play last night. But that's a recap of some of the things that happened. Also, in another assignment separate from uh, this radio station or radio show, I had to broadcast a game over in Louisville last night, and I got a chance to see Jasper Johnson from Woodford County, Kentucky, and had a chance to talk with him briefly before the game last night. He's a really good sophomore, did not have a, a great game last night, did not shoot it well last night, but just one of those young players that you can see how talented he is. He's long, lanky. Uh, has a really quick first step. Didn't shoot it great, but you could tell he has range because he was pulling up from the volleyball line last night. They played at Evangel uh, <clears throat> in a uh, Tuesday night game. But he told me that Kentucky and Indiana and, and so many SEC schools especially are after him. And I don't know where things stand as far as scholarship offers at this early point of his recruitment, but I definitely have heard his name mentioned uh, on the IU radar and uh, he mentioned them last night as well. So he, he's recognized, <clears throat> I think, as the top sophomore in the state of Kentucky and really one of the top uh, sophomores in the Midwest. His showing maybe did not indicate that last night, but he definitely is a name to add to your radar. It was nice to get a chance to see him in person uh, there at Evangel last night. That's going to wrap up segment one, a look at the headlines for this Wednesday edition of the program. We'll head to a commercial break, as we do, on the Thornton's text line. Texter says Bates and HS. That's Bates and Hood Chafino. 
a combined two for 19 really hurt last night. And that, I agree, goes, I think, right along with some of the points that I brought up from last night's game. Uh, poor guard play, very inconsistent guard play last night, especially based on what we've seen from both of those guys in recent contests. A quick commercial break is ahead. Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star is next. We'll recap last night. We'll look ahead to IU and Purdue, the big one, on Saturday afternoon. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Wednesday program. Indiana with a tough loss last night on the road at Maryland. And Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star with us Wednesdays. We talk IU basketball, college hoops, and more. And you can read Dustin's work at IndyStar.com slash sports. He's now the beat writer for the Pacers. So he is focused in on the NBA side of things, but still kind enough to join us on our Wednesday edition of the show. Dustin, I, I wasn't terribly surprised last night. This Indiana team has played such great basketball. You know that they can't continue at that pace, that rate forever. And road games are tough. Maryland is not an easy place to play in the Big Ten Conference. They have shown at times this year they can be a very dangerous and competitive team out of the Big Ten as well. So I don't know about you, but I wasn't terribly floored to see Indiana drop one in, I guess, somewhat close fashion last night. Yeah, no, not blown away. I mean, you knew there was going to be kind of a fade in there, but obviously that's kind of the issue is that that, uh, if you're operating at a higher level, you're in that you know national title discussion or even really the Big Ten title discussion. You know you've got to be able to continue to string it along uh, a little bit further. I mean five in a row. They were five in a row. That was good. I mean obviously I mean like the, the, the stretch they were on before that uh, was strong. So you don't want to um, just get too up in arms about uh, a loss like this. But you know it's still if it's a, if, if you want to compete for a Big Ten title, it's a game that you have to win, um, especially going into to Purdue on Saturday. Uh, it, or, or it certainly helps. Now again they're still in good shape. Uh, you know they've, they've definitely made a, a really good tournament case over the last couple of weeks if they just sort of continue on that pace they can drop uh one like uh last night every once in a while so you're n- not shocking i mean it, you know it, there's no shame necessarily in losing on the road there's no shame in losing to a team like maryland um you know again if, if you want to operate on a higher level it's a game that you should win but if, if you're a tournament team you know a safe tournament team you can still lose games like this dustin dopirak of the indianapolis star my guest Hard to believe, though, Jalen hood Shafino. I mean, consistency is key, I guess, in life, really. Any business, any job, any athletic uh, endeavor. Uh, and he's been really consistent and really good, as has Trace Jackson Davis. Of course, those guys are on opposite ends of the spectrum. Davis is a seasoned veteran, uh, primarily an interior player that can come out on the floor some. hood Shafino, a freshman sensation that is a guard, uh, but both have been really consistent for Indiana. Last night, Hood Shafino, after some unbelievable games, including one Saturday when he was sick, it was the Shafino sick game, I guess we call it, uh, he was really, really, really rough last night. 
Yeah, one of 14 from the field. Uh, you know, four assists, four turnovers, so it was two from three. Yeah, I mean, just uh, just just couldn't get anything to move. Uh, it seemed like just just couldn't get anything to fall. Uh, and and I guess you have nights like that. Uh, you know, it's it's just sometimes it's just simple as making this. And you know, um, like I'm trying I'm trying to think. I mean, like, I mean, I watched the game, and I don't know that I have like a, an in depth explanation as to why he was so bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just after everything was falling for him on Saturday night against Ohio State. I mean, we have six threes in the first half, and that's just wild. Um, and but you know, to come out is just. Sometimes, sometimes it's like that. There's, there's no better explanation than that. But obviously, it puts them in a tough bind. You know, when your lead guard is one of fourteen from the field, and you're just desperate for anybody else to get something going, uh, it, it puts you in a tough spot. When, when, when the person who has become the guy that you can go to for perimeter scoring uh, is not giving you any, uh, then you're, you're looking for other options and other opportunities. And obviously, they didn't get much uh, last night. You know, none of those you know guards and wings scored more than seven points, so that puts you obviously in a real Significant buy, and that's how you end up with 55 for the evening. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, obviously, he's had a terrific year, and you don't want to get, again, two up in arms about one game. Um, but, obviously, you know, one of 14 is the biggest explanation, the biggest thing that stands out on the statute is why he lost this game. Yeah, I think, really, if you continue on talking about Hood Shafino, it's guard play in general last night. Both he and Tamar Bates were uh, very, very bad, for lack of better uh, terminology, last night. And, you know, Bates was a guy, or is a guy, I think, that, Every time he does something good or has a solid game, you think he might be the next guy to help this team reach another level. And I think he's been a big part of this five-game stretch. And so to see both him and Hood Shafino uh, combine for such a dismal shooting percentage last night and really for very few points in total, uh, that sums up to me the, the reason they lost on the road. Yeah, no, for sure. I think, and that's definitely it. Is that you just keep thinking that, like, every time Bates has a big game, you're like, okay, this is it. You know, this is it. You know, this begins the, you know, Tamar Bates. Um, you know, this is the beginning of his story. This is when you're going to start to see him, t- you know, turn into a star. And again, obviously, he's had overall a good year, a much better year than he had last season. Um, you know, seven point nine points per game is much better than he was doing. He's forty five percent from the floor. He's thirty seventy three from three. Uh, you know, all those numbers are substantially better than what he had last year. So it, it, either way, it's a drastic improvement. But I think you keep looking at this guy and saying, okay, like there's an All Big Ten player in there someplace, and you know, where, when are you going to see it? You know, when is it coming? And every time he has a big night, you're like, okay, here it is. You know, here's the beginning of the Tamar Bates. You know, I don't want to say redemption narrative because Nike D is wrong. Um, you know, from a big picture perspective, or like he's, you know, he screwed something up that's drastic, but you keep one like looking at him and saying, okay, you know, like this is, you know, when he goes off for 22 against Jackson State, and we get 19 and 13 in a row uh, against Nebraska and Arizona, and, you know, like, you're just like, okay, here it is, here it is, and then you're like, not quite. You know, 17 against Michigan State, and then zero against Minnesota, you know, like um, seven against Ohio State, you know, get a couple buckets in there, like two against Maryland, and so it's just, you need to see. You need to see the consistency for him to get there. Again, he's been a contributor. This is definitely a step up. There, in the trajectory is is positive. Um, but it's just like every time that you want to look at it and say, okay, this is it. This is one becomes that two guys that you, they really need. They can really rely on. They can get them big big point totals. Uh, he seems to have a night when it doesn't happen, and then you're sort of back to the drawing board and saying, okay, what, what's it going to take to get him right? Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star, my guest, talking IU basketball here on this Wednesday edition of the program. There are some other things that we can catch up on from last night, but I do want to look ahead for a minute. It's Indiana and Purdue coming up Saturday afternoon. Um, Indiana has been red hot until last night. How could an off performance hurt or help Indiana's preparation and chance on Saturday? 
I mean, it could obviously get them a little bit refocused. For, it, it could hope it could help in the sense of saying like, all right, like you guys aren't just going to steamroll everybody, you know, like just just sort of a reminder, like everything was going pretty well there, but don't think that that means that you guys are fixed, that that everything's everything's perfect, and you could just roll into you know roll into playing Purdue and you know have them at their place and just be able to to you know mess them up. Um, you know, it, it, I imagine it probably takes a little bit of shine off. It's probably going to you know maybe take a little bit of. Uh, enthusiasm coming out, but I, I mean, I don't think that'll that'll make too much of a difference. Still, four o'clock Saturday, ESPN at home, number one Purdue, you know, unanimous number one. Um, so, you know, Assembly Hall is going to be ready. They're going to be able to flush this pretty easily from a um, performance perspective, from an atmosphere perspective. They're going to walk in there and it's going to feel like a different place. Um, so, I think you know, I, I don't think it's. I mean, it, I guess it can refocus them. I guess it can kind of say, like, just in case you thought, you know, you were the team that hangs 86 on Ohio State every single night, uh, you're not quite that. So, you know, remember that you've got to get up for everybody. I mean, you, you cannot sort of cruise in and presuming that you're going to get your last best game, that you, that's just going to continue over. Um, you know, you've got to get up for every game. You've got to be prepared for every game. You know, all of that. Um, and so I, I think that's it. But that's... That's, I guess, what can help. It, it, you know, I don't know that it'll make too much of an effect either way because I think it's going to get into the Assembly Hall on, on Saturday and all of the juices are going to get flowing. And every, you know, you're, you're, It's going to be a packed house. It's going to be an extremely excited joint. Um, you know, it's going to be loud. So you know, that, that, I think, is sort of... Um, it, they'll be able to move past this one one way or the other uh, you know, pretty early by Saturday. It's just, it's just still a tough game. It's still a tough matchup you know, either way. Uh, you're, you're going to have, obviously, the home floor, and that helps. Uh, but you still, you know, the, the home floor doesn't make Zach Eady any shorter. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Dustin Dopirak, the Indianapolis star. You know, there's going to be a lot of talk over the next few days about Trace Jackson Davis versus Zach Eady and what that matchup looks like and who's the front runner for Big Ten player of the year and, and comparing stat lines and so forth. But that said, how does Indiana across the board match up with the top ranked Boilermakers? Well, I mean, I think they've got guards that have been more steady. Um, Purdue does. I mean, that's a big reason why. I mean, obviously, Edie is just such a force as a large human, and, and everybody could talk about that. But you know, you, you look down, you look down the board, and you can see guys that have um, that, that have made shots over their careers. They don't have huge numbers. You know, some of them don't have huge numbers this year. Brandon Newman, I'm still not sure how he hasn't become a star because I really thought he would be uh, by this point. But they've got all, there's so many guys that can contribute and, and just sort of operate like veterans, uh, even guys that aren't that haven't been around that long. You know, Flesher lawyers, obviously guys they've been able to, to rely on from scoring for shooting. And Braden Smith has just been such a solid point guard. And Alex Fitzgerald and Fino has more raw talent. You know, speed, athleticism, all those things. But Braden Smith is just solid. I mean, he just plays solid basketball, 90 assists to 42 turnovers. Uh, just steady. And, and I, think he, I think everyone's been impressed with just how quickly, um, you know, he's become you know, such a contributor, such a solid player coming out of Westfield where, you know, he wasn't super highly recruited. Um, you know, he, he was, you know, he, he was desired. It's not like, you know, it's not like he was a bummer in high school. He was a really, really good high school player. Um, but he, you know, like, he is definitely further along than a lot of people expected. Um, and so that gives them, you know, I, and I don't know if it gives them a leg up. Um, but, you know, again, they have Richard, you know, who's really, really talented, but Smith has been really steady. And so I think that's a really key, interesting matchup. But they're getting, they're certainly getting better from all their wings. Um, you know, Ethan Morton is a guy that doesn't score a ton. Uh, you know, only averages four games, but, you know, hits, hits some big shots when they needed it. Phenomenal passer, you know, 60 assists for a guy that's not a primary ball handler is a really high number, 22 turnovers. Um, does a lot of smart things on defense. 
13 blocks for an, a not particularly tall guy, um, you know, just an edgy kid. I think somebody that eventually Indiana fans are going to hate uh, at some point is a guy that Indiana was interested in back when he was recruited. Um, but he's a solid player. Obviously, Mason Gillis, I, I think, has really been a steady player for them for several years uh, as a power forward. And they've got, you know, really good guys coming off uh, the bench. You know, Caleb, Caleb First, another guy who also played before, you know, was, I think he was Mr. Basketball. Um, you know, just phenomenal player out of Fort Wayne. Um, you know, is shooting 52% from the field, can shoot from three from time to time, hasn't taken a ton of them this year. Uh, you know, rebounds pretty well, 5.2 per game. You know, a solid guy. I mean, they've got a lot of depth and some steady, steady guys. And obviously, some several guys that Indiana wanted, you know, uh, Trey Kaufman ran another, another guy that Indiana was very interested in. A lot of tough players over there. You know, Brandon Newman, I think, a good veteran off the bench. Uh, again, his numbers aren't great, you know, shooting-wise, 37.8%. I thought he'd be a lot better by now uh, than that, but he's a guy that can get some punch every once in a while. There's there's some depth, there's some guys that they can trust, uh, and there's just a steady operating basketball team. And so that's, I think, a, a really key piece there is, you know, they, they, don't, they, they don't mess up a lot themselves. Um, and you know they, they've had steady performance after steady performance after steady performance, and Indiana is going to have to really get up, uh, you know, to operate and, and you know play with them at that at their level. Yeah, no question. Talking with Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star about IU and Purdue. You know, Indiana Purdue's always a big deal, and when Indiana went on their slide in, I guess, early January, whatever it may be, before Christmas, with some of the the big non-conference games. You do worry if Indiana was entering this game on Saturday uh, on a five-game losing stretch uh, as opposed to a five-game winning streak and then a loss last night. Uh, you don't want anything to take away from the rivalry or the fanfare because Assembly Hall and even Mackey can be very, very special places when things are rocking and rolling and their teams are playing well. But I think Indiana's um, bounce back here in recent weeks, despite last night's loss, has really helped the rivalry and will really help both of the matchups this year because instead of a IU team that's near the bottom of the Big Ten, it's an IU team that's, yeah, they're behind Purdue in the standings, and Purdue's probably going to be tough for anybody to catch, but they're within reason. And so I think that uh, Saturday, thanks to Indiana's efforts here of late, is a much bigger game than what it could have been just a few weeks ago. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's one of those games where, like, ultimately in the Big Ten standings is probably only going to make so much of a difference because – well, in the Big Ten race, and I think Purdue is running away with this thing. They've got a gap in it, um, and I don't know that, that, it, that, that you know, the whole of the Big Ten is going to catch them. But if you can get them one night, it matters. And, and like, obviously, you know, the, the, the way college basketball operates is, like, you know, conference championships matter. Like, let's not act like they don't. They certainly are, are, are you know, I think important to the teams that win them. Um, but, you know, you can, if, you, if you beat a conference champion, that still matters to you. Like, even if it doesn't get you, even if you're never going to get close enough to actually take them down um, in the championship standings, I mean, like, a, a Purdue win matters for Indiana. I mean, that's something that they can put on their mantle. Um, you know, first off, it just it just matters to get the, the fan base involved in all those things. And, like, and, and I still think that uh, beating them last year was was of critical importance for Indiana. It, it really mattered, I think, to get, get enthusiasm for the program, uh, you know, get the fan base back engaged. It was, that was a big deal, especially I think they were kind of fading right, right going into that, and, and it, it looked like they were just heading down a not particularly good path, and then they win that game, and it, got, it really got them up. Um, so that, that game was really important from the last year, and it could be really important from this year. Um, and just, again, like those kind of wins matter. They matter on your tournament uh, you know, resume, and that matters for seeding, and that puts you in a, in a position where you know, maybe you get around further because of where you got slotted. Um, so all of that, you know, games like this, you know, matter even when it's not, uh, you know, 
that, that you're not going to catch the team ahead of you. Uh, it still matters what you can, you can grab that win. It's it's valuable, and obviously, I think Indiana fans are going to be aware of that going in. Uh, that it's still very relevant for Indiana. Um, you know, again, I think that there's it, there's there's still a chance that Indiana can finish second uh, in the Big Ten, and I think that's an important race. I think it, you know, as far as how you're going to set yourself up for the tournament. Um, you know, and I think just obviously for all the hype that Indiana got. Uh, Finishing second place will still matter, I, I think. I mean, like obviously, it, it doesn't seem like they're going to match their, uh, you know, preseason prediction because I, mean, I thought they were going to win the league, and Purdue obviously is operating at a higher level than I expected them to. Um, but if they get second in the league, it's okay. We weren't that far off, you know. And, and if they get second in the league and they're a five or six seed, you know, that's still I think a pretty good season considering where things have been. Dustin Dopirak, the Indianapolis Star, with us here on this Wednesday edition of the program. Dustin, thanks for the chat. Enjoy Saturday's game, and we'll catch up next week. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, we'll head to a commercial break. Come back with our final segment in the hour. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, will be with me here in just a few moments. Also, uh, someone sent this along, but Dylan Harper, he's a top-five prospect in the class of 2024. A lot of people have him ranked, I think, as the number one player in the 2024 class. Yesterday, he cut his list of finalists down to five schools, and Indiana, one of those five schools. He had Auburn, Duke, the Hoosiers, Kansas, and Rutgers. He said Indiana made it because Mike Woodson played and coached in the NBA. He told me they run an NBA play style that would fit me perfectly. So it sounds like a young man, very early in the recruiting prospect, a very ta- a process, and a very talented prospect, that is for sure. So Dylan Harper, somebody to watch in the 2024 class that already has identified the Hoosiers as one of his schools of consideration. We'll head to a break. Josh Cook is next. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this final segment. Our Wednesday program means Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, is with us to talk uh, girls' sectionals and high school basketball coming up on Thursday night because of the sectionals, so much boys' action on different uh, dates, different times this week. And, Josh, this is like the first real crazy, crazy week of the season, and it's also the week that signifies that things are going to slowly come to an end. This is a busy week for guys like you and I. Yeah, definitely. It's the beginning of the end for, uh, for girls basketball, but it's also the, uh, um, as you mentioned, it's, uh, going to signify that boys basketball tournament is, uh, isn't too far away. So, you know, it's just kind of, kind of get warmed up for, uh, for, uh, for, for the, for the boys. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, Definitely, uh, it's a busy time, that's for sure, especially these next few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Josh Cook, sports editor, News and Tribune, kind of reset the table for the girls' sectionals. There were some postponements last night that have been moved to tonight, and then also some games that were played last night. One of our local teams, Providence, was in action, and they got a big first-round win. 
Yeah, only only two of our teams played last night, but uh, uh, Providence came came through with a big win, uh, beat Eastern in the first round of the Austin sectional. First time Providence has beaten Eastern, and uh, first time Providence won a postseason game. First off in, in five years, and then uh, they ended a seven game losing streak to Eastern as well in that victory. But uh, yeah, it was uh, eight, they were behind thirteen to three in the first quarter, and then. Uh, got hot from three in the second quarter and came back and took a uh, Grace Gillis banked in a three right before the halftime buzzer and they led 24-21 at halftime and then uh, just kind of kept up the lead in the third quarter and then pulled away in the fourth quarter. It was really a, you know, a solid performance by the Pioneers who have, you know, had a big, uh, big turnaround this year and, and um, you know, their, their uh, freshmen have, have really uh, been a big part of that and actually they didn't have one of their freshmen um, Addison Smith uh, Addie Smith had 18 last night to leave Providence she's one of the freshmen but her twin sister didn't play uh, after she suffered a concussion last week so they're hoping to get her back uh, Friday night when they play uh, play Brownstown which has got to be you know one of the probably the favorite to win the sectional so that'll be a uh, That'll be a big test for the Pioneers since Brownstown won a 3A sectional last year and dropping down to 2A this year. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a, been a great year so far for the Pioneers, that's for sure. And then the other one, uh, uh, Charlestown lost to, to Corden uh, in the Corden sectional. Um, you know, Corden is just having a great, great year. I think they're 22-2, and two, something like that. Uh, and, and Charlestown had a great season, too. They came in with a 10-game winning streak and um, uh, lost, uh, you know, before losing last night. But, um, you know, Corden's, Corden's really good. Josh Conrad, you know, former uh, Henryville coach, uh, really has the Panthers playing well and in good shape. And, you know, now they'll move on to the semifinals of the sectional. And uh, they've got a, they should have a really good shot at winning it, you know, considering they're playing on their home court. But um, probably have to play, probably have to play Scottsburg in the final. And Scottsburg actually beat them earlier this season on their home court. So, you know, that would be a tough one, but, uh, you know, it, it's definitely possible for the Pioneers. I mean, excuse me, for the for the Panthers. Um, but then, yeah, all the other ones are, are getting rolling tonight. We've got a couple couple games uh, um, at Borden. We've got the Christian Academy and Rock Creek are playing in a first-round game. And then uh, we've also got some more first-round games at uh, Austin tonight. Henryville and uh, Clarksville are both in action. So, um, And then tomorrow night we've got the... Um, Silver Creek and Fort Central are playing in the in the Borden sectional, and then New Albany will play Seymour right after that. So everything's just uh, just getting warmed up here as we uh, head to the weekend. Absolutely, and I guess locally on the girls' side, you know, Silver Creek has treated us to so many good moments here recently. But it could be Lanesville, a little out of our immediate area, but we pay attention to Coach Angie Hinton and the Eagles and some of the big things that they've done this season. As far as girls' teams go, Josh, could they make some sort of run here over the next few uh, weeks? Oh, yeah, for sure, definitely. You know, they're, uh, you know, number one in Class A this week. I think they moved up to number one. So they definitely should have a really good shot at uh, at winning, uh, you know, sectional and, and maybe regional. I think regionals where they've had uh, trouble the last few years, but, um, you know, this may be the year that they can they can get through the regional. You know, they they um, they're in that they're in that board and sectional. It's not it's not easy for them because uh, um, you know they may have to play 
Borden in the finals, and, and they've only be they only be Borden about maybe fourteen or sixteen during the regular season. So, you know that that could be an interesting game um, in the in the in the sectional final there, Borden. So, we'll see if uh, uh, Matt Matt Vick and the Braves can give him some uh, give him a big test. But uh, yeah, Lanesville and and Corden both both right there in Harrison County. They should both have they they could both have. Uh, you know, extended runs in the postseason. I wouldn't be surprised to see. Uh, you know, either one of them could possibly win. You know, not only a sectional but maybe a regional title. So, you know, both of those schools uh, uh, are having you know, having very good seasons. And I think um, I think Corden Corden beat Plainsville earlier this year. It's only one of Plainsville's two losses. So, you know, both of those teams could really have postseason success. Absolutely. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. A lot of the uh, stuff we talk about you can read about in the News and Tribune or online at newsandtribune.com slash sports. Josh is with us Wednesdays here on the program. We talk a lot of high school basketball and local sports. Josh, it's a busy week for the boys because Thursday uh, is a loaded night, and now that some of the girls' sectionals have been pushed back, it's almost a double-loaded night. Uh, it's going to be a very busy Thursday with a lot of big boys' games this week. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely, I think, maybe 10 or 11 of our uh, of our 12 teams are in action on Thursday night, so that's that's uh, definitely a big night. And, uh, you know, some of the some of the big games, obviously, uh, uh, James at New Albany is be a huge game. Um, you know, the Panthers now, after, uh, after Jeff lost to at Bedford last week, uh, Jennings is now alone undefeated at the top of the Hoosiers Conference, so that's a huge uh, HHC game at uh, at New Albany. You know, the Bulldogs have, uh, have had a rough time here uh, recently after they started off so well as they've lost some uh, lost a few games, so they're trying to bounce back. Uh, you know, they'd love to get a, a victory over uh, over Jennings on, on Thursday night. That would be huge, and then you know, there's some there's some other games too on Thursday night. I know uh, uh, Clarksville entertains uh, Scottsburg. You know, one of the another another team that's having a really good season, Scottsburg. So that you know that that'll be an interesting game. Then we've got uh, Rock Creek at uh, at Jeff on Thursday as well. You know, Rock Creek has played <laughs> played one of the most difficult schedules in Class A so far. So that'll be a very interesting matchup. And then uh, Providence hosts South Central too that night. And then uh, uh, a couple days later, Providence turns turns around and hosts uh, Corden, which should be a very interesting game on Saturday afternoon. Um, uh, so yeah, it's it's definitely a busy weekend. There's some there's quite a few games over the next uh, over the next few uh, few days between between now and Saturday. There's there are tons and tons of games locally, if uh, boys and girls. So. You know, everybody should get out and try to try to catch uh, at least one or, or multiple games because there are some interesting ones that are going to be happening, that's for sure. Absolutely. Josh, uh, had somebody message me and want to know what the latest is with Romeo Langford. He got some good minutes, had some good scoring opportunities with the Spurs who are not good, uh, but good for Romeo. And then I noticed <laughs> that he's been out now for a handful of games. I think it was a hip abductor uh, injury, and then I saw it listed as a groin, so any word on what's going on with Romeo down in San Antonio? Yeah, he's missed the last four games with a uh, yeah, hip and uh, 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 hip injury, and yeah, I think I've seen that too, a growing injury. But uh, 
I, you know, I don't know his status for tonight. I haven't seen it, but uh, they play tonight. So, you know, hopefully he gets back. Uh, he gets back on the court soon because you know he was. Uh, you know, he's been starting before uh, before this uh, little injury. So, you know, he's unfortunately he's had you know, quite a bit of uh, injury, quite a few injuries so far in his career that have kind of hurt his uh, productivity and his playing time. But uh, you know, he had he's. He had a great stretch there. He was starting for the Spurs and playing well. You know, he had several um, double-digit scoring games and everything. So hopefully he can get back on the floor tonight. And uh, uh, I know they play tonight and Friday. And then um, I think it's Monday they play the Bulls, which is probably the, the closest uh, closest people can see them because they've already played their one game against the Pacers, at the Pacers this year. So, you know, if anybody, uh, you know, people – Make that drive up to Chicago. Hopefully, he uh, he can play in that game and and see some more time. But yeah, he's. I mean, he's he's really um, he's, he's played he's played well in the opportunities that have been given to him. As you mentioned, the Spurs aren't very good, but uh, you know that that's definitely been good for Romeo to get that get those minutes and uh, get that um, get that playing time. So hopefully, uh, hopefully, he's back on the court soon. Right, right. Good stuff, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Josh, enjoy girls' sectional week. I know that you and your staff will be crisscrossing the area. Uh, we wish all the teams the very best of luck this week as well, but appreciate your coverage. And uh, we'll catch up next week to see who we've got headed to new one-game regionals, which is going to be different than some states or two games. So we'll have to have another discussion about that next week as we're headed into regionals. But thanks for the chat today. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Matt. And uh, I've got to give my youngest a shout-out. Today is her birthday. Madeline Sue Cook turns 10 today. So thanks, Matt. I appreciate it. Have a great day. Absolutely. And happy birthday to uh, your daughter, for sure. Uh, That's going to wrap things up for this Wednesday edition of the program. Thank you so much for being with us. We do this show each weekday live at 11 a.m., complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. That'll do it for today. Back with you Thursday at 11. And if you missed the live show, you can always find us as a podcast. We're available wherever you listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. Have a great Wednesday. Get out to a girls' sectional game tonight or tomorrow if you can. And we'll recap everything tomorrow here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. (laughs) 